All right, episode 33. This is AP and Spence. We're two lawyers talking college sports. Who do you think the most famous person, athlete, to ever wear the number 33 would be? I would say probably Lou Alcindor. Larry Bird, my friend. Larry Bird, you got to be number 33. What, what number was Lou Alcindor? I don't know what number he was. I don't think he was 33. <laughs> you know. All well, right. No, well, I, I mean, I'll challenge you on that. I mean... Are you talking just basketball? I'm talking all time. Top, top all time. player. Number 33. 33. Yeah. Didn't Dennis Rodman wear 33? I, he's nowhere near the player Larry Bird was. <laughs> okay. They're Fair both enough. Hall of Famers. Both Hall of Famers. Well, uh, episode 33, what do you think about that? That's pretty good. I mean, we're, we're, we're trugging along. I mean, we're on the downhill slide to 40 and being over the hill as podcasters. But Spence, I'll tell you what. We're young in this game, and there's a lot of breaking news going on right now. The sports is not going, and yet there's a ton of news. That is exactly true. Uh, you've got the recruiting dead period has been extended through August 31st. We're going to talk about that in a minute. What else is going on? Well, we got a lot. We've got MLB returning. We've got the NBA is returning. We've got all sorts of discussion on football. You know, we've got pandemic concerns. We've got Morehouse canceling football. Morehouse College, do you know their mascot? It's got to be the Braves. No, they're the Maroon Tigers, actually. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Did you ever see Tiger King, by the way? <laughs> I, I did see Tiger King. It was it was fine. Yeah. We'll move on from yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's not talk about it. Uh, Texas Tech's uh, football players and staff, 23 test positive for coronavirus. Two yet to recover, Spence. And then Oregon and Oregon State. The Oregon Ducks, the Oregon State Beavers, Breaking news just today announced what? That they're no longer calling their games. And this extends both to football and basketball. They're no longer calling their games the Civil War. No more Civil War. Yeah. Do you have a t-shirt that has Civil War on it? I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, as a BYU fan, uh, you know, we, we, we believe we played the Holy War, which is Utah versus BYU. Never been a huge Oregon, Oregon State fan as far as that game. I, I, lo I love watching college football, uh, but the Civil War itself, eh, you know, it's okay. It's okay that, that that name's going away. I understand, absolutely. And then we have, we're going to be making a call today as well, right, Spence? That's right, yeah. So we're going to be chatting with uh, Dylan Cannon, who's a, a compliance director at Sam Houston State. Now, you got to know their mascot. Sam Houston State. It's got to be like the Roadrunners. No, they're the Bearcats, just like our alma mater, uh, Willamette. Willamette University Bearcats. A Bearcat is not a real animal. They are real animals. They are actually. They're 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 marsupials. They're like big. They're like big bears. You know. They're, is it is it sort of like one of those beavers? But it's they're you know those those sewer rat beavers that are they're like you mean nutria? Yeah. Is it not, that kind of deal? It's like not, where it's, it's not a real animal. <laughs> bear cat isn't real. It's a, you're their cat or bear. No, no. This these are real animals. You can look them up online. Google them. Google them after we're All done. Right, today. I'm gonna do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this uh, the Division One extending the recruit dead period in all sports so what does that mean a recruiting dead period what does that mean basically nothing in person right so you can't have official visits where the school is paying for a prospect to come to campus you can't have unofficial visits where the prospect is paying for themselves to come to Kansas you can't have any in-person recruiting contact at all you can't go watch um, a recruit play somewhere and, 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 and meet them you can't go off campus to recruit Everything is sort of done and shut down except for texts, 
calls, emails to permissible aged recruits. And that's pretty much it. And, and it makes sense, right? I mean, we, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic here, and so they're trying to extend that out. But that really complicates things because you know what it does for football, Spencer, is it gets rid of camps. Yeah, I was just going to say, so this also extends to summer camps, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can't have summer camps for football. And that was always huge. Remember a couple of years ago, uh, Jim Harbaugh had these, these camp tours he used to do. Right. And I, I know when I was at USC, camps were huge. We used to have several hundred schools show up on campus at 10 different dates and there would be thousands and thousands of kids you saw some we went down to a camp we went down to a camp and there was be kids lined out the door they love this and it's a way to get a scholarship it's a way to be noticed it's a way to interact with coaches and be recruited that is off the table this summer for the first time ever yeah you got to feel bad for the juniors sophomores those those kids coming up in high school that are that are going that would go to these camps to get noticed you know, to be able to play in front of these coaches and, and get scholarship offers and to meet with these coaches. And that's all gone now. Yeah, it seems like having uh, recruiting service software, Huddle, YouTube, getting your name out there on social media is going to be more important than ever for these kids, especially this year, because they can't have that in-person contact. So, I mean, in August 31st is quite a while. I mean, we're still in June, Spence, as you know. And so we got all the rest of June, all of July, all of August. This, is the, this isn't summertime. This is turning into bummer time. <laughs> I like I like that. Maybe we should you should you should coin that phrase. Yeah, like not that. bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, because this is I mean, this is a big this is a big deal. This isn't just football, right? And by the time the recruiting dead period is over in August, football, hopefully fall sports are going to be in full swing. So you're you're going to be missing out on on recruiting a lot of kids, right? Yeah, you are. And here's what Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott said in a statement provided by 247 Sports. Um, he just said this, I remain cautiously optimistic that college football will be played this fall and that we will be able to do so in a manner that prioritizes the health and safety of our student athletes and all those connected to the sport. We have the world-class infectious disease and public health experts ensuring we will be able to do our best to control that which is in our control in the safest possible manner. Here's the takeaway. Larry Scott still thinks football is going to happen. And I've always said football's king in America, right? And they're going to do all they can to have this happen. There are sports that are turning, uh, they're finding coronavirus infections and little outbreaks, right? Right. But what's the rule on that? If you if you have a little infection, what has to happen? Yeah, we don't really know. I mean, typically what you hear is that there's like a 14-day quarantine, and then, then the person is released and good to go. So, but the question is, what happens if someone tests positive for the coronavirus, and then they... Uh, you know, they go through the 14-day quarantine. Are they are they allowed to just join the team? And what happens if they're in the middle of the season and this happens? Yeah, there's a lot to discuss. That we have some things to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's 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 move on. Let's chat about some other things, and and we'll we'll keep we'll keep monitoring what the recruiting dead period means. If college football is coming back, we'll keep chatting about it. All right, here we are back uh, talking about, uh, this is AP and Spence with two lawyers talking college sports, sports law. Uh, you, you mentioned it in the opening today, AP, uh, something really interesting in our neck of the woods is happening right now. So what, what was that? Yeah, just a little small news that the Civil War will no longer have that name. 
Yeah, so what's the Civil War? So the Civil War, it's like when the Ducks and the Beavers, right? Oregon and Oregon State play in football or basketball. You know, because you have like the Holy War with BYU, Utah, right? The the Apple Cup with Washington and Washington State. It's a name of a rivalry, a the, game, the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl, the bo- the Border Bowl, you know, there's there's tons of it. Yeah. Like, there's tons of bowl like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we got Ducks, Beavers, the Civil War. How long has the Civil War name been around? I mean, it's it's been more than three or four years, it's right? It's been over a hundred years. Over a hundred years. I think I have a couple shirts that say Civil War. It's always been the Civil War. Uh, and and now it's going away. They're, they're, Oregon and Oregon State are going to drop it. And this is breaking news. And why do you think they're dropping it? Well, I, I, specifically what they said in the, in the press release was that the Civil War has connotations to slavery. Basically, you know, the Civil War was fought. One of the main reasons for the Civil War being fought was, was, was to protect slavery. The South wanted to protect slavery. And so rather than uh, perpetuate that conversation and allow that to be kind of glorified, maybe, they're dropping the, Civil War, the name the Civil War. Yeah, and I think honestly that's a that's a cool thing, right? This is this is cool. Now, not everybody's going to think that, I'm sure, because it's been around for so long. But uh, there's a lot of push going on right now. I mean, Lane Kiffin, you know, I think he and he's joining joining forces with a few people to try to get the state flag changed in Mississippi. I mean, yeah. Mike Leach, I think, is involved in that too. Yeah, they're the two head coaches of the biggest programs in Mississippi, saying we want the you know we want the Mississippi flag, which has the Confederate flag in the upper corner, yeah. gone. We want that gone let's get it let's get it gone let's move things forward uh but now here's the main question i gotta ask you then spence i'm yeah. gonna put you in the hot seat here buddy oh boy oregon oregon state football game what should we call it i have okay so i've had a, i have a couple of thoughts right so this is the beaver state and they're the ducks what's the perfect combination the platypus bowl what do you think the platypus bowl it's it's not good. I mean, I'll say it's not good. Um, but it's not it's not good. Okay. But but you know, I mean, because you think about Oregon, like what represents the state of Oregon in a positive manner? Where you got ducks, beavers. These are brothers, uh, but they're just they're fierce on the field. They're going head to head. These are two animals. They're they're thirty minutes apart from each other. What about the I five series? Ooh, that's not bad. That's well, they're not technically on I five. Yeah, that's though. true because it'd be Corvallis high, is kind of off from the. It'd be I-5. the Highway thirty four to I five South <laughs> series. Yeah, that doesn't really. No, work. sponsored by you know uh, Doritos. No, let's. And got, you can't call it like the Oregon game or the Oregon because that would just specifically be Oregon. You have to figure out some way to yeah connect the two schools. That's why I thought platypus. You got a beaver and a duck kind of blending together. What about the Nutriable? It, well, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I don't think very many people will know what the Nutriable is. Yeah. Or Nutria is. Yeah. What, what if it, you just made it something like, because apples for Washington were timber right here. That's not bad. What about the timber game? The timber game. I like it. Maybe yeah. we could get that trending. The you know? forest. The, for, the forest game or the, the forest bowl. Or yeah, the like forest that. bowl. You know, lost in the forest. In the forest. You know, it, it, the, the river. What is the, anything the Willamette and the Mackenzie? You know, are they bad. connected? That's not you know? bad. That's not bad. We'll have well, to think about it. Yeah, I'm sure something will come up. But I guess the end, the end result is, the end of, you know, as we're kind of having fun with this, you know, it seems like this is probably the right move for Oregon or Oregon State, right? I think so. I think, you know, the Dixie Chicks are getting rid of their name uh, in country music. You know, we got NASCAR banning, um, you know, 
flags. We've got Mississippi maybe changing their, their flag. There's a movement going on, and sports are impacted, and sports are very visible. They're the front porch of our society in a lot of ways. And, and Oregon, Oregon State, they want to step up, and they want to do the right thing and say if there's any negative connotations to slavery, to any of that time period, let's move on, let's modernize, and we're going to be called the Cloud, the cloud Bowl or something like that. I mean, we got to, you know, I keep bringing it out there because I'm waiting for you to, your eyes to light up and say that's the one because then you and I can make money off it. I don't think, I, don't, I honestly don't think the Timber Bowl or, or something, the Timber Game or the Forest Game, I think those are pretty good. I mean, that's not that, bad, right? That's not bad. Willamette Valley. The Willamette Valley Bowl. The but, Valley Bowl. Yeah, we'll see. Some, yeah. I'm sure they'll be marketing or people. Cup. Yeah, yeah, or the Forest Cup. Not bad. Cup. Not bad. You know, you know, cup. There's bowls, there's cups, there's games. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, football's pigskin. You know, if you want to get pig involved. But yeah, we'll, we'll think about it, Spence. Yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll come up with something. And if anybody has any ideas for us, please email us. Yeah. Because then we want to register their domain <laughs> so that we can profit off it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. If you have an idea, shoot us an email. Uh, we'll give you the email here in just a second. But feel free to shoot us an email. Give, send us your ideas. Maybe connect us with, uh, with us on Twitter. I'm sure we'll come up with something. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, what does that sound mean, Aaron? It means we have a caller. That's right. And this caller, as, as it always has been, is brought to us by Welch, Brun & Green. Welch, Brun & Green is a law firm and based in Portland, Oregon. We specialize in workers' comp, personal injury, social security disability, and what else? Collegiate sports law. Basically, we do consulting services for schools, for student athletes, for parents, administrators. Basically, anything a compliance office could do, we could do. Give us a call, and we'll help you out. So how do they get in contact with us? 503-221-0870. That's our law firm phone number. Give us a call. Ask for Aaron or Spencer. You can also email us at collegesportsattorneys at gmail.com. Or lastly, you can go to our website, www.wbgatty.com, and all of our information is on there. Give us a call. You won't regret it. All right, here we are coming back. Uh, we are uh, going to the phones now, and we've got Dylan Cannon on the phone, who is the... Uh, athletic, or he's the compliance director at uh, at Sam Houston State. Of course, you know their mascot, right? We've already gone over this. Purple bison. No, the bi the bearcats. That's wrong again. Oh man. Wrong again. Well, there's no there's the bearcat is not a real animal. I'm gonna leave it at that, but that's okay. Hey, Dylan, how you doing? This is Aaron. Hey, I'm doing well, and, and the bearcat actually is a, a real animal that smells like popcorn. Apparently. Is that right? See, this just makes it more and more unbelievable. Now it smells like popcorn. It, it, you know, I want to find. I went to a law school with the nickname Bearcat, and I was always under the impression I was a fake, kind of like a unicorn. So something like that. Like it was just a fun name, but it sounds like it's real and it smells like popcorn. Let's get to it, Spence. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dylan, we really appreciate your time today, and and kind of what we like to do when we uh, have someone on for the first time is kind of go over their background. So. Um, if you could kind of give us a breakdown of, of you know where you went to school, uh, and then how you how you ended up at Sam Houston State. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I have a pretty long and winding path to get here. Uh, so I went to uh, Brigham Young to BYU, obviously under for my undergraduate, and uh, you know I I uh, probably got in just because my my grandfather was Lavelle Edwards. Um, I've looked at my. Uh, my high school transcripts, I'm pretty sure I didn't get in by my own merits, uh, even though he told me I did. Um, but it made me, you know, made me feel good that he probably lied and didn't tell me the truth that, you know, they were going to reject me. 
Uh, so I went there to BYU, and afterwards I actually went to East Carolina, the Pirates, um, but I, I went to get a degree in marriage and family therapy, a master's there. Okay. Um, and I did that for a, a couple years and just decided it was a really bad fit. I actually started working at a job in Humble, Texas, which, you know, hardly anybody knows where that is. It's just a little bit outside of Houston and just decided that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I really liked uh, sports and talked to my wife, tried to different uh, avenues of how to get into college sports. So I did internships. I wrote for KSL for a while. And uh, finally, I, I uh, reached out to Sam Houston State and the other colleges around uh Tom, Tomball, Texas, where I was living. And they said they had a uh, internship for compliance up there at Sam Houston, and I took that and was there for a year and just really enjoyed it and went to UNC Greensboro for a little bit in northern Arizona. And my, my former employer at Sam Houston, they, they asked me to, to come back to be their compliance coordinator. So I've been here since August now. Uh, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. So you were at UNC Greensboro and, and Northern Arizona as well? Yes, sir. All right. That's cool. So I'm curious, uh, Dylan, I wonder if you could break down your, your compliance staff size. Is it just you or are there others that you have on staff? Yeah, so there's there's four of us pretty much in the office, um, but I'm the only one that is specifically over compliance. Uh, we have my, my co-worker, Josh, does... A lot of the academic stuff, the transfer stuff, but he also gets roped into to doing a lot of compliance. And uh, Heather, uh, my, well, another co-worker, she's just strictly academics. And then my, my direct supervisor, he does the certification of eligibility, which is, you know, a big, big deal right now. There's been a few schools around us that have, you know, found, found to not uh, be in compliance with certifying, uh, especially transfers correctly. So others, but, you know, like you said, it's pretty much just me every day for every single sport as being completely oversight of the compliance. How many sports does Sam Houston State field? Oh, you're going to challenge me. I think we have 15 and about, when I looked, it was about 400 student athletes, I believe. Well, and no football, right? You guys don't have football? No, we do. Oh, you do? That's, you got uh, football. Okay. We play, we play FCS football, so. Okay, okay. So you got football, so you're doing all that, and you got all these. What do you, what do you think, what do you make of this uh, dead period, uh, getting extended August 31st? Is that sort of um, impacting the coaches? Are they getting frustrated by that? Has that been okay? I'm curious how that, what their thoughts are on that. And football camps can't happen now this summer. Correct. And I feel like, uh, one of the interesting things I had to learn through this whole thing is, you know, the NCAA has this, uh, what they call the COVID-19 Q&A, which is it's almost 70 pages, I think, now, just question and answer of how to handle different things in COVID. And now all of a sudden we're talking a lot about virtual recruiting. How do you how do, you do that? What's permissible? Uh, for the first time ever, I've heard of coaches recruiting kids by playing Fortnite and having their uh, gamer tags, you know, and, and uh, for football, obviously, you know, you mentioned camps. Uh, that's, that's a great recruiting avenue for football. Uh, but who the camps really affect is more of a sport like volleyball or softball, where the coaches don't get paid as much, uh, and baseball too. And, and that's uh, 
really the only way volunteer coaches or maybe the last man on the totem pole for assistant coach. That's the only way they make any revenue for the summer. And so it's, you know, like you said, it's really impacted coaches. They're all scrambling and trying to figure out what they still can do, how they can still uh, keep a viable team for not only next year, but the year after that and maybe further. Are you, are you working from home or are you going into the office right now? Fortunately for me, I've been able to go uh, into the office every day. Just the way our office is set up, where it's kind of uh, it's kind of perfectly tailored for the, you know uh, safety distancing things. So I'm able to go in because our office is so small. There's so few people in there, um, so I haven't had to work at home yet. That's good. I know that. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to get anything done. I've got two daughters. And they'd be crawling all over me. I'd be watching Tiger King. Nothing would be getting done. Um, yeah. But but that's <laughs> that's how it goes. All right. Well, yeah, two little, two little girls, so it's just there's no such thing as working from home for me. So. No, no. Hey, you think football's going to happen this fall? I mean, I, it seems like I was it was going to happen, and then we've had a little uptick in cases, a lot, lot in Texas, uh, you know, and then and then now there's cautious you know kind of cautious optimism out there and and there's little outbreaks at texas tech and different places i mean what what are your thoughts on all this i mean it's a great question and i mean on our website for the gobearcast.com we've been very transparent about how the testing is going and how many of our football football student athletes that have come for summer access how many have tested positive or may be positive um I think last time we looked, there's about six kids have tested positive already. And I mean, to answer your question, I want to make it clear I have no inside knowledge, but I know a lot of Texas schools are are looking at not even bringing kids back to campus at all for the fall. Um, just having all summer classes or uh, online classes, excuse me. And, and uh, you know, for the for the big Big Ten type of schools where you make forty five million dollars just to play on TV. It makes sense to not play with with fans in attendance because you still get that TV revenue. But for us, I mean, we make almost zero dollars off of any TV revenue. Just about if we are on TV, just purely for exposure. So it would make no sense for us to not have any revenue source if uh, if we weren't allowed to have any fans in attendance. So I, I mean, like you said, my my gut feeling would have been, yeah, absolutely, we're going to play. Uh, but with all these spikes in cases, um, I mean, you guys are lawyers. You know that the the biggest thing is, you know, you don't want to be liable. You don't want to have kids getting exposed. And so I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, but it, it would not shock me if we don't play, especially at SES football this year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's 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 what that's what's looking like. I mean, I know the Patriot League, for example, is putting some putting some holds on how much travel they're going to do and so you've got you've got different conferences saying hey you guys need to be careful right now so it's 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 precarious i i would say for sure i i I'm I'm almost just optimistic, not even cautiously optimistic right now. Yeah, I mean, how would that impact the budget? Do you think? I mean, obviously you're not a, the budget guy there at the school, but just kind of your impression if, if football doesn't go. Yeah, so for schools like ours, kind of like I alluded to, um, football does make revenue, um, just but that's mostly ticket sales, all of that. Um, we, since we are a smaller school, I mean, our main source of revenue is, is student fees. And 
that's actually a big concern right now that there's going to be a huge drop in enrollment for the fall by the students, just general students. And obviously, if if we have a smaller uh, amount of people entering the fall, that's a big por portion of our our revenue was from student fees. Um, so I think that that would hurt it, but. I think I kind of alluded to it at one point, maybe when I was answering people's questions is the thing that really hurt us, frankly, was uh, when college basketball, the, when March Madness was canceled, um, not that we were necessarily going to play in them ourselves, but the NCAA takes a huge contract from uh, TBS and whoever else and just redistributes it throughout the membership. And so when we lost, you know, that, that revenue from the kickback, I mean, that really set us back, you know, a long way because now I, I don't know the exact number, but I know it was in the hundreds of thousands. And when we lost that, I mean, that's, that might be a, a, you know, a month of salary for, for a football coach at a big school. But for us, that, that set our, our department back, you know, years potentially. Uh, and the whole thing is just this is just a t tough go, man. And well, talking specifically about compliance, I'm just curious about, you know, um, how how are you guys structured? I mean, is, is, you know, I know when I was at US, well, I'll, I'll back up. When I was at Oregon State, you know, we each had our own little areas. That, you know, so one person would handle official visits, unofficial visits, recruiting. Another person would handle certain other bylaws. So we're kind of by bylaw. And then when I was at USC, we had such a large staff, um, we kind of just did it by sports. You do everything soup to nuts for sports. So I had like football, for example, and I would just basically do all the bylaws for just a couple right. of sports. You know, curious how you guys are set up. Yeah, so uh, kind of like you, you talked about, we have such a small staff that uh, my friend Josh does most of bylaw 14 stuff that the transfers, the academic stuff, and, and Heather and uh, Josh have kind of their own uh, sports that they do. And then uh, Trevor, my, my supervisor, he does all the certification, you know, make sure that they did their job right, that we're not putting anybody ineligible. Uh, we do, do have somebody specifically over financial aid. That's the, I, I would say, definitely the field I know the least about. Uh, but for pretty much everything else, day to day, for the bylaw eleven, the co uh, the uh, the staff uh, staff responsibilities such as that, the the twelve, thirteen, uh, sixteen, seventeen. That's that's all me for every sport. Um, you know, and they I get a lot of help from Trevor and, and Josh, but uh, it kind of depends on me to know the rules for every sport of recruiting, amateurism, coaches' responsibilities playing practice, competition, all of that stuff. Well, it sounds like you just have nothing to worry about, just relaxing, hanging out. And... <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, wow, that's, no, that's really good. I know recruiting's a beast. I know when at USC, they always wanted to be the cutting edge of everything, and I always got these 11th hour Friday night questions they needed to know right away. I'm sure you never get that. Your coaches always want to give you two, three weeks to respond, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the biggest thing, I don't, and I don't know when you were there, but you know, the biggest thing with recruiting is it just kind of just, you know, I'm 34, so I, I don't even really consider myself a millennial. I didn't grow up with social media, but I'll get texts, you know, from a coach like, hey, can I put a GIF on Twitter to this kid, or is that going to be a bylaw? Can the GIF move, or does it have to be a meme? I'm, I, you know, just all these, you know, to me, just kind of, 
I can't believe we actually care about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. Jeff, but, what, kind know, of, what flavor it's, of peanut butter is that? I know, I know. It's, it's uh, yeah, all of that's nuts. I mean, I was there, though. I had to become an expert in, like, all these social media things that I didn't know a whole lot about. And uh, and you're dealing with kids that are 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, and you got to know, I guess, everything that they know, you know. So I used to listen to uh, certain types of music, uh, watch certain movies, learn about social media. I would try to find my way just so I could kind of ingrain and understand all the things they were talking about. And so it was, it was pretty tough. Do you guys use any kind of software, like a jump forward or anything like that? Yeah, so we use, uh, we use ARM software, um, which is a relatively new. I mean, but they really, in my opinion, I mean, I, I'm not going to pay for anything by then, but it's, I mean, I'm really, really happy for that. happy to have that service. And frankly, for me, it's, it's probably one of the reasons we're allowed, able to do what we do just because of how much uh, work it does for you, monitoring everything, all the, the form completion, and, and you can see where everything's at that way. I mean, I think if we were still doing everything on paper, there's, there's no way that I could do anything close to what I'm doing. Well, we're on the phone here with Dylan Cannon. He's a compliance coordinator for Sam Houston State. Um, Dylan, you know, having been a, a BYU, having or being a BYU alum like myself, and then also going to these schools, you know, UNC Greensboro, Northern Arizona, and now Sam Houston State, you've been at you know primarily the the smaller market quote unquote schools, and you know, Aaron, my my good friend AP here, you know, he's he's a USC guy, so he's one of the big dogs, you know, and he he always holds that over my head, even though. BYU, I think, beat them last year in football. Was that right? Well, big dogs eat on the front porch and small dogs on the back porch. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I saw that in a movie uh, the other day. It was a great line. <laughs> um, the uh, Yeah, so I thought Lavelle Edwards Stadium, who apparently is your, your grandfather, uh, that that stadium, it's a cheat code for football. I mean, that that there's no way to win a game there. It's as simple it's, as that. It's tough. The fans are big, right? Uh, right, Dylan? Yeah, it was insane. Uh, you were, you probably watched that game, Dylan. I'm sure USC BYU. Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I just I, none of that was fair, and 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 <laughs> and you guys got to come to our house here soon. We'll, get, so. we'll be there. Yeah, we'll see how yeah, that goes. We'll, but Dylan, yeah. what I wanted to ask you is there there seems to be, uh, and a lot of times people um, think that there is a kind of disparity in how the NCAA punishes these smaller schools or the smaller market schools versus the bigger market schools. Do you think that right. that disparity exists? And if so, why do you think there is that disparity? Yeah, I mean, what I will say is, I would say the easy answer is yes. I definitely think there's a disparity. Now, I think, you know, there's kind of two chains of, th or two trains of thought, whatever you want to call it, of why that's the case. Um, you know, some people might say, well, hey, you don't want to punish these big schools because of all the revenue they bring in and all of that. And, and to be honest, I really don't, I personally don't feel like that's the case. I don't feel like the NCAA is sweeping things under the rug not to hurt their own product. And I mean, I think part of that is because the NCAA is not like major league baseball or whatever. It's not as unified as a one entity, I guess, in that way uh, with all the different conferences, et cetera. Uh, but I will say, so we had a situation where we had to get the same waiver or, or something as, you know, eight or nine other big schools. And, you know, the 
we were kind of the last ones to the party that were informed of why we needed to do that. And I basically copied the template that everybody else did. Those other eight, nine schools, uh, you know, they got the waiver. And we were rejected and just they said, oh, no, you're different. And, uh, you know, I think that, again, wasn't because the big dogs that we want to save that money. You know, we want to preserve their money as much as if you go – like you said, to USC, if the NCAA is trying to crack down on USC, they have to go through lawyer after lawyer and perfect, you know, uh, like like yourself, you guys know how to write really well, um, like rebuttals, everything like that. If the NCAA wants to come at San Houston State, they're going to come at a compliance office where there's basically one person, myself, that will have to write the uh, rebuttal or the waiver or whatever. And, you know, I don't have... I feel like I'm very good at my job and I've gotten really good at those, but I don't even have a law degree. Uh, so, you know, it's just quite a bit different to have one guy that doesn't have a law degree versus potentially 15, 20, 30 people with a law degree, depending on how serious it is. So, so I think that's the real disparity is just the amount of resources that the NCAA would have to expand to, to prove something, I guess. Yeah, I, I, Dylan, I completely agree with you. I think that that I kind of said the same thing not too long ago on our podcast that, you know, there's just resources. You know, larger schools have more money to hire better law firms. They have larger compliance offices. They can put more resources into a problem, right? And if you have, if you have a, let's say you got a, a legal issue and you have ten lawyers working on it versus one or two. The 10 lawyers are probably going to have a better work product. You know, it's going to be more detailed, more thorough. And I think it comes down to really that resources. But I also think, right. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I think that, that tr- schools are treated a little bit differently. For example, when I was at USC, we would have a high profile uh, program that we had for our high profile student athletes, you know. And mm-hmm. we were walking through and I would be talking to a student athlete and like Sam you know, Sam Darnold, for example, right? I'm talking to him about high-profile student-athletes. His parents are coming in, so we get to know him. And his face is on the cover of ESPN magazine on the desk at the time. And I'm thinking, so our athletes are actually on the cover of of ESPN. And and so so sometimes schools just have different experiences, I think. And the NCAA, I think, recognizes that and says, you know what, these schools have it a little tougher um, it's going to be harder to monitor all of these, so we're going to cut them maybe a little more slack from time to time. So I do think the NCAA does treat different schools differently. I don't know that it always comes from an animosity perspective, but maybe more of they're trying to balance it out a little bit. But I do think that they don't like BYU. <laughs> sure. you've, you've said that for a long time. I don't understand it. We're a great school, yeah. right, Dylan? Well, you know, uh, one thing I will say that uh, – you know, and I, I, I'm sure you all have maybe talked about it some with uh, with BYU's uh, one one dangerous potential precedent. I feel like the NCAA has uh, established is accidentally, in my belief, is you see schools that are, you know, the NCAA provides letter of allegation and and the school complies. They're really open. They're, they're honest. Everything and NCAA comes and brings down the hammer and. You know, that happened with BYU, some other schools I can think of, Missouri. And, you know, it, it sets a bad precedent that if you comply, if you're honest, if you do everything in good faith, you basically get made an example out of. And then I've, you know, seen other schools where 
they're taking fake classes and all of a sudden somehow they they wiggle their way out of out of uh, getting any sort of real real punishment with teeth and you know so it sends a message to the coaches that i'm trying to not send is hey if you meet me halfway you tell me what happens if the blow will be softer and apparently you know that that's not the case or at least that's the perception is that's not the case and that's such a such a, a very dangerous precedent because now nobody's going to want to be honest with you well, I think being honest is, is, a, is a love you feel in your heart. Right, Spencer? No, being honest is always the best policy. <laughs> oh, That's the right. correct statement. Right, but it's going to get your butt in a pinch with the NCAA. Potentially, potentially. All right. Yeah. Well, well, Dylan, I, gosh, I know it's, it's got to be late there. Uh, where is Sam Houston State located? So it's in Huntsville, Texas. Huntsville. About a, an hour and a half north of uh, Houston. I got you. Okay. And then you guys got to be uh, having some pretty good sunny weather there this time of year. Yeah, it's uh, sunny is a word for it. It's about a hundred and whatever every day, so that that is correct. It's actually been raining a lot because it's either a hundred and five or it's a hurricane. So uh, yeah, Texas, East Texas weather. Well, you know what Texas is good for, in my opinion, a lot of things. I love Texas actually. It's got a low cost of living for the most part when compared to the West Coast. Barbecue. I mean, you get barbecue like you wouldn't believe in Texas. The times when I would visit Dallas and that sort of thing. So we're gonna let you go. I know it's late on a on a Friday. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insight. And you got to be a barbecuer, right? If you're in Texas and you're not a barbecuer, there's probably something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll go get some now. <laughs> Do you know how to cook? I'm going to ask you real quick, a tomahawk steak. I don't know how to cook anything, but that sounds delicious. Oh, <laughs> man. It's, uh, anyways, well, I'm going to go find one at the store. We're going to cook one right now. But, uh, <laughs> all right, Dylan. Thanks a lot, Dylan. Have a great day. I uh, appreciate it very much. Bye. All right. Well, uh, here we are back. Uh, this is AP and Spence, two lawyers talking college sports. Great conversation with Dylan Cannon, the director or compliance coordinator for Sam Houston State. The you've got to know this now. We've said it twice. Yeah, it was the. It wasn't a color of any kind. No, no, it's an animal. But but it was a fake animal, like a no, bear, no, bear cat, a fake bear, animal, bear cat, real animal, a real. So, animal. Where do the, I mean, those are, you can't find those in Alaska. They're in Asia. No, they're in Asia. They're Look Asia Minor. Yeah, yeah. Look them up. They're they're there. They're I, they're I in Asia. Yeah, they're, they're I'm gonna they're Google this. Animal. When I get home, I'm furiously googling it. I mean, like ten finger keys. And there better be a real bear cat. I want to see a picture. There are real, real bear cats. So great conversation with him. Interesting perspective coming from his smaller schools, right? UNC Greensboro, University of Northern Arizona, then Sam, Sam Houston State and BYU. Coming from a small school perspective, his perspective on why the big schools are, are given, you know, a pass or given benefit, benefit, given the benefit of the doubt. What did you think about his takes? I think it was right. I mean, it's, it's resources, right? I don't think it necessarily means smaller big market or protecting this person or that person. It's resources. You know, if you got the right resources, you got the right protection. It's true in society. If you're a poor person that can't, you, all you can get is a public defender, you might have an okay uh, representation. If you're a wealthy client that can hire a team of lawyers, you might have a better result. You that's know, true. and that's just the way it is. And I think, uh, but by the way, this guy, this gentleman, Dylan, is Lavelle Edwards' grandson, and Lavelle Edwards Stadium is BYU football's stadium. Yeah, uh, one of the best places in the world. Uh, uh, one of the most picturesque places to see a game. Wouldn't you agree? I would. Uh, yeah, the the mountains are there. There's snow cap. There's ice cream on your tongue. It, it's a good environment, but it's a cheat code. You can't. No team can win there. 
unless unless they're cheating themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, and USC doesn't ever cheat. No, no. Never very, has. Very and, clean, very clean. And so because of that, they didn't win. They lost in overtime. And your fans rushed the field before the game was over and probably got fined for that. <laughs> we probably I did. I hope so. We probably did. Well, on top of the hope that we're going to have college football this year, we know a couple of things are happening. So the MLB just approved a 60-game schedule. Uh, and uh, don't really know how that's going to look quite yet. If they're going to be playing games at home and away, we, we don't. But the 60 games has been approved. How are they going to social distance on the bench, Spence? Yeah, I don't know. It'll Six be feet apart. It'll be interesting to see, especially in the bullpen. I, I don't think there's going to be a problem in the dugout because those, most of those dugouts are humongous. And I don't think they're going to have any problem there. I think in the bullpen is where you're going to have issues because you're going to have a lot of players right next to each other. It'll be interesting to see if they'll be wearing masks. You know that kind of thing. So it'll be, and you know the amount of travel that those guys do. How are they? You know, sixty games. I mean, you you may not even be able to play the teams within your own division a couple of times. Yeah, I think they were talking about having a way where they would group them together to minimize travel. But you're still going to have to have travel. What happens if you know you have a breakout? Nine guys test positive for coronavirus. Do you have to quarantine them for a certain period of time? As now half your starters are out. Are they going to play in bubbles? Um, this is uh, this is going to be must see TV. I'm going to be watching, but I'm almost like watching like how bad is this going to be? You yeah, know, they're going to have to expand. I've heard that they're expanding rosters. They're going to be give, There's going to be a lot of guys being called up. Problem is, a lot of the guys being called up from the minor leagues. A lot of minor league teams aren't even playing. They're not even playing. Yeah, and well, here's the thing. The the Mariners, for example. I feel like the Mariners are never going to make the playoffs ever again. Um, I don't think they've made it since, I think, what was it, 1972? No, or something no, like 2001. 2001. 2001. Yeah. But uh, they only have a 16-game season, so I feel like everybody's chances of making the playoffs have increased because they don't have to play so many games. You could get a hot streak for a couple of weeks, and boom, you're in first place. Are they going to expand the playoffs? Have you heard anything like that? They've talked about it. I don't think that that's part of the agreement. I think it's still going to be just the five teams per league, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, yeah, but you're exactly right. You get a team that gets hot, wins, you know, 16 to 20 games, and all of a sudden they're they're in first place and no one can catch them. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it's different than in a 162-game season. You're only going to have that that few games. The other thing that's coming back is the, M and the NBA. Interestingly, though, they just released today that they tested 302 NBA players and 16 came back positive for the coronavirus, including one of your favorite players, Nikola Jokic, the Joker and the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the Joker, the Choker. He choked in Game 7 against the Blazers. Uh, good player. I mean, really good player, unless he's playing the Blazers in Game 7, and then he's, he's not a good player. <laughs> but, but I feel bad. I'm, I hope he's okay. Uh, I don't want anybody to, to test positive for the coronavirus. I understand he's in Serbia right now, and his return to the U.S. has been delayed. Um, but, so that'll be interesting because the Nuggets, are, uh, they're in the mix. They're one of the top teams in the West. The Blazers are three and a half games out, I think, right? Right. But we don't really know, or nor have we seen any kind of a, a breakdown of how these games are going to be played and the legalities of, of 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 all of the school of all of the players being stuck in a bubble in Orlando. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, and, and the breakouts. But I mean, I want to see Blazers Lakers round one. I don't want to see Lakers Memphis Grizzlies. Round one. Do you? No, not at all. It'll be interesting to see. Are they going to play all seven games in each in each series? Is are they going to go down to five games? Is it, you know, what are they going to do uh, for all these teams? And then what happens if your three best players for the Lakers? What if LeBron, uh, AD, and and 
whoever else gets sick and they're out. Yeah, you it's know? almost like if you can avoid getting sick, you win the championship, right? right? And, and that's going to make an interesting wrinkle for the NBA. And really, it won't be necessarily based on the best team, maybe the luckiest team, the healthiest team. Uh, and sometimes championships do come down to some luck too, but that's kind of interesting. I think the Blazers, though, have an uphill battle to make the playoffs. They're three and a half games out. I think they can do it, though. I mean, I know Trevor Ariza is opting out, wants to visit with his son, and so... Yeah, there's a custody battle there, so he wants yeah. to be with his boy, which... Understandable. Uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, family comes first. You and I always say that, you know, over, over work, and then that's the way it has to be sometimes, but... Uh, the Blazers, I'm telling you, even without Trevor Reza, are a very good team now that they have Collins back, uh, Nurkic back. I wouldn't, if I, if I were playing the Blazers right now fully healthy, I would want no part of them. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals when they were fully healthy. That's right. And so this will be interesting to see. And by the way, breaking, breaking news, what is the new name of the NHL team in Seattle? Well, I, d- I don't know this. What is it? You ready? Yes. It's been delayed. They're not announcing it oh. yet. <laughs> That was a tease. That was a good tease. That was a good tease. I'm waiting, but it's going to be either, I think, the Sasquatch or the Kraken. Oh, the Kraken. Yeah, Kraken I'm hearing Kraken. What, Kraken is what I had heard. Yeah, I, Sasquatch would be pretty cool. I mean, let's yeah. go squatching, right? Yeah. But but we'll see what happens. But a lot, lot out there. And so, um, you know, I don't know, Spence. I, everybody was super convinced that football was going to happen. Then they got cautiously optimistic. The powers that be think it's going to happen. Dr. Fauci didn't seem as confident. That's right. Dr. Larry Scott, Dr. Larry Scott thinks it's going to happen. Yeah, Larry, Scott's, Larry Scott says it's a go. SEC football, SEC heads are saying this is happening. You know, and why is that important? Because the SEC runs football. It does. South runs football. The South is open. The South is playing football. The virus will not stop the South from playing football unless they absolutely have to, I think, by law. And so that's that's running that's the tail that, that's wagging the dog right now. Yeah. Well, we'll keep monitoring this. We'll keep you updated. Uh, next week's Fourth of July. We got a really exciting episode next week, right? Next week we're going to be talking to just you know nothing big, just the Pac-12 commissioner. We're going to be talking to some Pac-12 uh, staff member. And I won't say who that is right now, but you'll have to tune in and listen. And <laughs> But we'll talk to somebody from the Pac-12 conference, and um, they're going to give us some a take or two. And, and we have fun things coming up. I think that there's uh, – we have another company that does sports, right, that wants to right. be on our podcast. We are reached out, and they want to be on. So we're going to have the them CEO on of their company. In, in July, yep. And we're, you know, we're going to continue to bring you updates on what's going on in the compliance world and in the legal world. We'll keep following all of the stories that we can And we hope everybody is healthy and stays safe out there. Yep, absolutely, Spence. Um, BYU cheats. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I want to be the anti-BYU.